Tell us about what motherhood has unlocked in you. It just completely changed me as a person. I've said this before, when I gave birth, I felt like I was reborn in that moment. It was a very euphoric moment. I had had, had pethidin and I didn't really know where I was or what was going on, but I remember the moment I pushed her out. The rest of it, I don't remember too much, but I remember the moment that I actually pushed her out. And it was like, at that time, I wasn't practicing as like spiritually as I do now. I didn't have the deeper understanding if I gave birth now, it'd look very different. <laughs> but in that moment, I remember pushing her out and it was almost like just, I felt like I was rebirthing myself at the same time, you know? And I just stepped into this new role, this new responsibility for another human. And I just think it turned me into the most compassionate, loving, forgiving, patient version of me and the best version of me came out yeah I was fucking tired (laughs) I was so tired and I was so worn out but I think wanting her to know her worth wanting her to never have to go through what I went through nobody taught me about self-worth growing up I just don't remember my parents were like really supportive and like lovely and kind and funny and I got on with them really well and we had such a close relationship but I don't think there was anything about self-worth modeled to me like healthy self-worth and I don't blame them that was a time of like really really intense diet culture slimming world was just like every week I would go I was like 14 and that was just part of a normal life back then magazines with pointing out people's cellulite and bodies on the beach and the amount of shaming and the way that we would find our own kind of false sense of confidence through shaming other women. That was such a strong cultural narrative at the time. So it wasn't just that I didn't have that role in my family or friends, but everybody was going through it, you know, everybody. So I didn't want her to go through that. And I was adamant. I was like, I have to heal. Like everything that I feel insecure about, I have to heal it now. I have to go through this process for her. I just know, and I knew that she would learn from how I am, how I act, how I show up in the world, not from what I tell her. I have to be what I want her to be. That was the biggest thing for me. It was like, I can't just, for the integrity piece, like I can't just be someone who feels insecure and puts herself down, doesn't believe in herself, and then tells my daughter to believe in herself and cheerleads her. It doesn't work like that because she's going to see a mom that is telling her one thing but doing something else entirely and she's going to get confused. So I was like, I have to embody every single thing that I want her to have for herself. And that was amazing because when you love someone unconditionally, you want the best for them. And why don't we love ourselves in the same way? Why do we struggle with that so much? And she really taught me about unconditional love. Oh, there's so much. I could go on for years talking about motherhood and like how it changed me and what she's taught me and what she's inspired in me. But she's just like my angel. That idea of the integration and having that integrity of being who we want our children to become. I just feel like that should be what we teach parents. I really feel passionately about that. And then the next step to that, of course, is, okay, well, how? And I think there's so much talk about healing. You know, it's incredible, as you say, compared to what our parents had. That word wasn't even used. That would be used about, you know, a cut on your hand. Like healing what? What are you talking about? What did that process look like for you? Because I know what it looked like for me. I know what it looked like. You know, it's different for every single person. Where did you start? Like you talked about spirituality, but obviously that's one piece of a bigger puzzle. What else were those elements? For me, it was just that in that moment, so just before I had Esme and I started to take it seriously, I got my first coach. I've never not had a coach since. Like I've never not had a mentor. I've had about probably around eight different mentors over the last five years. 
I put my money in my own healing. People will spend three grand on a holiday where they go and they get pissed for the week and they come home feeling shit. But then they'll hear three grand for a coaching course or three grand for a mentorship and they'll go, that's way too expensive. I'm not spending that. That's crazy. And I think I just put my value in investing in myself. I saw so much value. Had my first coach, my life changed. It was like flipped upside down with what she taught me. The shit that I worked through with her and the things that I learned. And I was like, this really works. There's nothing more valuable than this. And then that was it. Like people, my friends joke, it's like, you've always got a mentor or a coach. And I'm like, I know. And I fucking love it because they push me. They stretch me. I think that there is an unhealthy obsession with healing also. And I do want to say that I think that becoming obsessed with always trying to heal makes out for kind of this culture where we all believe we're broken and we're not. And we're all trying to fix ourselves and we're all frantically running around going, oh my God, I need to heal. And it's like, no, it's not like that. I think that we have to kind of drop that pressure because with that comes a lot of self-judgment and that just kind of fuels the pain we're already in, in some areas. So I would say be very wary of that. Like I don't get coaches and mentors to heal because I think I'm broken. I've worked through a lot of my limits, but I now more look to them for expansion. So it's not like I'm trying to fix myself. It's not like I'm trying to keep going back into the past, although I've done a lot of inner child work, but it's about expansion, about looking to the future, about pushing myself into more, but also enjoying the journey along the way. Like I love where I'm at. And if I can be at peace with where I am and reach for more, there's a sweet spot in the middle where you get to actually enjoy life. It's not like, oh, I hate where I am right now and I've always got to get somewhere else and I'm so shit right now and I have to heal and then I'll be worthy. And it's that can become its own really kind of like exhausting cycle where you're just chasing your tail all the time. Yeah, my mentorships and coaching is I did the kind of like deep healing around the eating disorders and the very low self-worth and body image issues and all of that stuff. But once I'd kind of cleared through that, through hypnosis and coaching and therapy didn't work for me. I don't like talking therapy. I like somatic work. I'm a big feeler. And for me, somatic work, which is like, for anyone who's listening, doesn't know, it's like where you go into the body and you connect with emotions that are trapped inside the body and you speak to them and you, you move them through, you move them out. I found talking therapy was just too much of going around in a circle and there wasn't actually any deeper healing going on. So there's loads of different ways. I experiment a lot and I just put value in investing in myself, whether that's like a 40 pound, something I see online that piques my interest or it's like a retreat or it's working with someone one-on-one. There's so many different ways to do it. That's where I put my money, a lot of it, (laughs) over holidays and stuff. You know, I just enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. But you're right, it looks different for everyone. Different things will work for different people. It's so true what you're saying, isn't it? And again, it's my experience as well. I think it's so easy to say the words, I want to be different and I want to not feel this stress and I want to not feel this guilt. Who doesn't want that? But then I think it's an entirely different leap to then put your money, which might be incredibly limited, your time, which might be incredibly limited in order to access those things. I do also think that we have a problem in the Western world in that it is really expensive often to access this type of work. And I think we know what the waiting times are like in the NHS for mental health support, particularly around maternal mental health. I do think that the system is broken because there'll be lots of people listening going, no, Zoe, I want to, but I haven't got three grand, you know, like you guys have, or I haven't even got 40 pounds. 
And that's where I would start with the apps and stuff. That's where I would go. YouTube, Insight Timer, books, podcasts, like this podcast. Like I often say that to mothers, like I've got 300 episodes with leading experts on this stuff. And it's not the same. It's not the same as having someone sat with you, but it's good while we're trying to offer, you know, more and more as a society, more support in this space. We just weren't taught this. This should be core curriculum, you know, understanding worth. And even the finances stuff as well, that should be as well. But again, I would say when I was broke and I started from scratch and I was in debt, I started with books. You can even go to the library and get books in the library, borrow them, it's free. There is so much free stuff online now, YouTube. You can literally spend the day on YouTube just searching videos from people and you can learn so much. I learned so much on YouTube. My first coach, I actually took out a loan <laughs> to pay for her because I didn't have the money, but I made that money back. This is the other thing as well. You have to know that you can trust the person that you're invested in to get you the results. I had to put a lot of faith in that. I had to take out a loan to pay for her. And then within, I'd say about two months, that money came back double to me because of the, I believe, because of the mindset shift and the way I opened myself up to more and the way my self-worth changed. So there is an element of taking a leap. I know everybody's in different situations and it is hard, but there are resources and there is so much free stuff out there to change your life. Before you even think about investing in someone one-on-one to do anything deeper, a lot can be done with what's already out there. And I have spent days on YouTube still now. Like I just get, if I'm learning about something new, which I always am, so I'm obsessed with it. I will. It's amazing. It is amazing what you can learn. And I think time as well, we often don't think of time as a resource, but of course it is. And we can spend our time, you know, if if it's really important to shift guilt or worth, spending time there instead of watching that box set is again, like an investment in yourself. And it's hard. It's really hard. I think particularly for mothers, you know, because we are so exhausted and time is so short and there are, you know, the responsibility is crazy and the invisible load and the domestic load and it's huge. It's definitely not easy, is it? No, I remember now and Esme was like four months old and I was like determined to get into a meditation and journaling practice because it was my only me time that I could have all day. I used to go to bed at like 7 p.m. when she went to bed and then I would get up at five. So I, I read this book called The 5 a.m. Club and I was like between like five, six, seven, she was always fast asleep in the mornings and I love mornings that I'm like a proper morning person so I was like if I can get up at five I can get two hours of me time in before the day even starts so I started going to bed at like seven o'clock and then getting this big sleep and she would wake up during the night but I was getting enough sleep and that's really where my life started to change and I do think you have to look for solutions because if you're honest with yourself how much time do you spend scrolling Instagram every day you know, where's that hour or two hours going? And you have to value wanting to change. If you don't value it enough, you're very comfortable with where you are and you're in that kind of like arm oh, stuck and that kind of like helpless mindset, then you won't take action because you don't value the change enough. Like I really wanted it. <laughs> like I really wanted to change my life and I would have done anything to make it happen. So I think that's like the thing where it's like, you have to find that value in it. Whereas like, I was saying this the other day on a call with a friend, about how much we value things and it was like for me starting a meditation practice was really about wanting to feel peace because I had such bad anxiety and I was struggling to figure out how to meditate where to start what to do and a lot of people get stuck at that point where they're like but I don't know where to start how do I do it I don't know and they get stuck there because they're like oh, I don't have any answers and then if someone came along and said to you you know I'll give you a million pounds every day if you sit down to meditate 
then you'd be like, well, yeah, that's the easiest money I'll ever make, you know? So I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get on Google and I'm going to I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to make it work because the value is there. You're like, this is a million pounds a day. Of course I'm going to show up. So you have to value the outcome. Like for me, in a piece was worth more than a million pounds because it was like, I don't think I could have a happy life if I didn't feel peaceful. Mm-hmm.